Let's get this bitch started. I said we got this. Flow stupid, yet the rhyme's so brilliant. Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient. And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing. Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon. I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million. Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling. What the blood clot? How did all these nug rocks have me looking dumb hot with my eyes all bloodshot? Now that's a mugshot in the making. No need for ovens when you're waking. Bacon, no faking. I only smoke the dang. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast. HQ'd up in this bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back with another episode. And this week, we're going to review an album that's very near and dear to my heart. This is Chris Ben Bay speaking. And this album, of course, is by the legendary, I don't care what anybody say, I'll fight you, <laughs> the legendary Charles Hamilton. All right, we're talking about, of course, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, you know we're talking about the Pink Lava Lamp. And this album was actually released in 2008. This was like in the middle of like the backpack rapper kind of era, something like that. Yeah. You know, with, with niggas like um, uh, Lupe Fiasco, mm-hmm. obviously. The beginning Kid of Kanye Cardi. West. Kanye West, exactly. So it was kind of in that era, right? And oh, that was when Wale of, started coming out too. Wale and J Cole yeah. started releasing mm-hmm. mixtapes around then too. That's a fact. That's a fact. All them niggas that it was, it was, it was just a perfect storm for that kind of music. And, and you know, I guess backpack rap kind of gets a. I feel like it kind of gets like a bad rep to a certain extent, right? But I, I feel like for regular niggas like me and you, mm-hmm. I feel like this was like the first time. Not the first time, but like. It was a time where, like, it was very prominent. And there was a lot of artists doing it because obviously there's always been artists that don't rap about gangster shit. But I feel like it was a different step that they took with with this shit because, you know, niggas were still kind of rapping hard, but it wasn't off no like you know gangster shit. And, and I don't know. I, I just think that that was a, a really dope era for me, at least. Actually, I really like that era simply because, like you said. It was just different. It wasn't the gangster mm-hmm. rah rah shit that we were getting. We were getting literally a whole different perspective of hip hop from these guys. And I mean, like you, you still get that all different perspective from all of those guys today. The ones that are still mm-hmm. active currently. Right. <clears throat> and um, but no, it wasn't really dope because it was like after a while, it was just like the really the the southern movement hit in like the early to mid two thousands. Kind of took everything over, and I don't want to say like it dumbed it down, but it made very like basic party rap. That's basically what yeah, most yeah. of the shit from the South was. So when you had a lot of these niggas coming back, the backpack rappers as we called them, and they were lyrically sound, they made some good music, and then they ended up sticking around. It was just like okay, there still is the lyricism in this mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's even it's yeah. it's still being brought out today, like with Griselda and all of the, all of those type of rappers right now. Just to let you know that, yeah, like you, like what is it that you said last time? The the grind, the slime is is still here. <laughs> no, 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 the uh, keeping the filth alive. There you go, keeping the filth alive. <laughs> the filth, dog. You gotta love the the gritty filth of it, dog. But and even but but see, you bring up a good point that like especially at that time, you know, or at least in in the early two thousands, gangster rap was lyrical. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was lyrical to a certain extent, and then gangster rap kind of turned not all the way, not well, pretty non lyrical, and then. Like you said, the backpack rappers kind of brought that shit back, and um, so yeah. So I mean, I, I honestly, anybody who's who's just a fan of lyricism and just a real fan of the craft of rapping, I feel like you know appreciate. It. If it wasn't if it wasn't for you, you at least appreciate it. You exactly, know what I mean? exactly. And and you know that that's one of the starting lines of this album. 
The pink lava lamp is America got it. Thank for this gangster shit. Well, I ain't got it. So if different shit is whack to you, don't cop it. So it's kind of tight. Like, I, I, like that. And it's funny because, like I said, this is why I related it to so much to this joint because, like I said, uh, I was just a regular kid. You know, I was probably like, I, I heard about this uh, Charles Hamilton first junior into senior year. And, you know, I, when I first heard this shit, it was like the first time I heard some shit that actually spoke some shit that I kind of either felt or or you know just rocked with and shit so that's why this joint was was real big to me shout out to all the star chasers that's the charles hamilton fan base right there y'all already know what it is and i had to do this joint dog i had to do this because i had charles when we did a top five episode i had charles hamilton in my top five and i want to say out of those top artists mm -hmm. he's the only artist we haven't reviewed on this podcast yet, so that, we are. that is true. That is true, bro. I think Here so. we are. But what do you call? It? Actually, I like. I was really, really pleasantly surprised with this album because you kept talking up Charles Hamilton so much, and I'm like, this better not be some old bullshit. This man is on. Like this nigga actually has some lyrical abilities. I won't say that. Um, I fucked with every song on here though. Like I'm, I'm going to say I that. Figured. But we'll get into that as we go along. I could probably name a, a one off the top, and, and like, let me just say this: She's so high. No, actually, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mind it. I didn't really? mind that one. I didn't mind that one. Honestly, the one that got me for real, for real, nigga, was hold on. Where? Where is it? 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 Shining. The sample oh, okay. was used way too much. It was. It was shining. And it would be so. It would have been so much better if the sample wasn't used so heavily through the song. Like that's like, I and it, it irks the shit out of me that I have to say that. And plus, since it was used over like him actually rhyming, mm -hmm. you don't hear some of what he had. Like I had to listen to the song like yeah. three or four times just to hear what Charles was saying. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. And um, and let me just throw this out there. I believe this album was also exclusively produced by Mr. Hamilton as well. So he's a producer as well. And and, and that's another thing uh, that I, that's another reason why I love his music is because I always I mean, I've always stated that I'm a huge fan of samples. And this this album is covered in samples. The Bruh, whole thing. the whole fucking thing. And it's they're vicious samples too. Frankie Beverly and Mays, Diana Ross, The Spinners, fucking mm -hmm. Parliament, Funkadelic. Like it's got hits on there. And some oh, yeah. of them you can tell where the sample came from but like mm -hmm. the diana ross one i had no idea that that was that song because it literally samples a small snippet of the song what song is it it's hold on uh see i wrote all the samples underneath each one this time so uh brighter days number seven it samples love hangover by diana ross i don't know if you've ever heard that no is it the is it the trumpet oh what part what part do you know um I'd have to oh. listen to it again. I think it's yeah, that's part. all good. Yeah, but it's just like it's really like from I didn't I and see it's my fault because I should have gone back to listen to the Diana Ross song like I was planning to, but you know, like, oh, hi, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, little forgot. But yeah, like I couldn't, re I didn't realize that was the sample. Like most of the other shit, like the Parliament Joan, I was like, this sounds familiar as shit. And as soon as I looked it up, I was like, bam, there you go. That's why I knew mm -hmm. it. The other joint, bam, that's why I knew it. But that one, yep. I was real surprised over because I know Love Hangover. I don't know it by heart, but I know the song because it's like one of my mom's favorite songs. Mm -hmm. But it does not sound like this track at all, which is which is and surprising to me. But that's also why I love niggas that can sample shit really well. Because if mm -hmm. you find a really vicious part of it, you just have to sample that one part. You don't have to sample the entire sound of the joint, you know? 
Yeah, and and honestly, dude, that that's one of the things that um for me, uh, I remember somebody pointed this out, and I was like, oh, you're right. That if you sample something and you know exactly what it is, yeah, it might still sound good, but that's not really like if you're like I feel like somebody's really talented when they're able to do what you just said, which is mm-hmm. make a song and have people be like, what? This is in that? Mm-hmm. How? Where? That's and the then best. When you hear it, it's a mind fuck because you're like, holy shit, how the fuck did you think about this shit? If I can you remember know? this song, there's a song that J. Cole produced on his last mixtape. I think it's the Friday Night Lights, the one right before he released the first album, Cold World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a song on there and there's a it samples from a rock band but you would have never figured that mm. that song sampled from a rock band and if you mm-hmm. listen to the actual song you can pick out where the sample comes from but it sounds nothing like that song right so no like, yeah that shit that shit is dope as shit trust me as somebody who appreciates samples as much as the next guy mm-hmm. i appreciate that 10 times more when, when somebody because that, that shows creativity it does that's really but i'll also say like I fuck hard with like some of the samples that are are really really well done, but you can tell it's a sample. Yeah, me too. One of the easiest joints that I can think of right now is is music by Eric Sermon that features Marvin Gaye. Like mm-hmm. that song is one of the best sampled songs, but also he samples Marvin's voice for the chorus only, and then for like the breakdown of the song where you would have the singer come in and just kind of sing that little bitty hook right before you go back into and like you know it's like a little extra verse right before you go to the end of the last uh, chorus before the end of the song. It's phenomenally done, and you know what song it is off the bat because it's mm-hmm. named after that song, honestly. And you listen to it, you're like, oh yes, if you know anything about Marvin Gaye, you know that this is his song. But the song is done so fucking well. It's just amazing. And I love songs like that, too. So I don't want to tell everybody out here that I don't I don't appreciate those type of samples, too, because <laughs> when they're well done, no, for sure. they're really, really good. But sometimes you can do a for little sure. too much with some shit. But that one was literally a, a part of the song sample, like a part of the actual beat of the song. And then mm-hmm. just his 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 uh, voice going, turn on some music. I got the mute for the chorus and then him singing yeah. the music makes the soul of the man for that little little verse part. I mean it's all mm-hmm. really short but it's perfect. It's like you didn't edit yeah. uh his voice. You didn't edit uh Marvin's voice. You mm-hmm. came out with it exactly how it's supposed to sound. So it literally right. sounds like Marvin was still alive and y'all could have just cut this track like 3 weeks ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's perfect. And and, and, dog, and that's dope as shit cuz like again, you can't like obviously if you know Marvin's voice He'll be like, oh, that's, that's him. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, you're going to be like, hold on, who's this singer on this joint? And exactly. then you're like, whole, whole, whole time this is a fucking sample. Mm-hmm. And it'll, I mean? it'll fuck your whole world up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. But let's go ahead and dive into this joint. Let's do it. Um, you want to go every track or you want to talk about what we like, what we didn't like? Let's talk about what we like and what we didn't like because this was a longer one. It was, it was, definitely. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and dive right into this joint. Mm-hmm. Y'all know how we do this shit. So first track on the pink lava lamp is the intro track which is music and how'd you feel about this one i liked this joint it was a very strong opening statement for the album i wish i could tell where the sample comes from because i was trying to rack my brain and i don't think i actually looked it up like i looked up the other ones let me interrupt you right there he actually mentions the sample uh in the song and the only reason i noticed is because i I i've heard it a million times yeah (laughs) heard it a million times Grand Central Station. It's called Release Yourself. Ah, okay. Got you, got you, got you. But yeah, no, but, this is very well done. And you can actually, like, 
there's like real pain in Charles' voice when he's rapping mm-hmm. in this joint uh, with, with lyrics, especially mm-hmm. that last verse. That last verse yeah. was mm-hmm. actually kind of hard to listen to, like over and over yeah. again, because it's so it's so it's just so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's a very very long track for an intro track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've come across full songs for intros. You know, what I'm saying like DMX, one of the guiltiest ones, but that joint is fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that this joint is bad. It's just really, really long, and it's 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 a running theme on this album that drove me crazy. Is that the ending of each song has a minute to three minutes of just music with either Charles just talking bullshit or just letting the beat ride unabashedly, and it's just like, bruh, you don't need to do this on every goddamn track. Like, what the fuck? But other than that, I liked it. I thought it was a great beginning song. Just to just to answer the last part you just said, it's funny because that's probably one of my favorite things that Charles does. Ah. The reason the reason for that is because I really like not just on this joint, but on on other tapes. Um, he'll dog sometimes he'll have another three minutes of just the beat playing, and that's only because I really like his production and I like how he uh, you know the samples and I like hearing them and shit like that mm-hmm. without him rapping over it. So for that reason. I don't mind that, but I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But um, I also get why, kind of why he does it. Not to, not to cut you off, my bad. But like a lot of the songs that he samples mm. are long songs, and they mm. do have long beginnings or long endings where it's just music playing before anybody's singing or or before the song yeah, ends. Because that, that was sense. like a very much a staple of old music back in the day, especially shit like James Brown. Like James oh, yeah. Brown will have a song that's literally two minutes long, but it's got um like two minutes of music before he starts <laughs> singing and another two minutes after, where he's just like dancing around on stage at that point. You know what I'm saying? So, like I get it, but at the same time, not on every song, bro. <laughs> hey yo, James Brown. So I actually just kind of started listening to James Brown. That's why I brought um, it up. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned it last yep. last episode. And the fucking song, uh, the big payback mm-hmm. or the payback that that nigga just is literally you just hear the little bam, 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 and then it, dog, that nigga had the most swag I think of, of any art. Just Facts. his Facts. Yeah, like just the the way he kind of got away with just saying a few words every couple minutes, every mm-hmm. couple seconds. Payback. If you haven't seen uh, the James Brown movie uh, with uh, Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. watch that joke. Yeah, I'm. I'm Man, honestly, the more I'm getting into his music, I'm definitely more interested in in in, in the artist himself. So, oh yeah, but James's music was like that. That nigga would have long intros, long outros, but then would still sing for like three to four minutes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, but he's the the hardest working man in show business. That's what they used to call him because that man would come off stage just dripping Drip. sweat, perm, just all fucked up and matted along the side of his head yeah. and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like this man looked like he was fucking all night, then ran a track meet and then started fucking again that's the, he got off stage looking like that <laughs> nah that's a fact man but shout out shout out an rip to uh, legendary james brown yes sir know. Yes, but sir. but back to the album review uh <laughs> i really like this joint obviously y'all know i'm probably gonna say this about the majority of the songs we talk about um but i i actually thought this was just like you i thought this was a really good opening track i think uh it kind of explains uh like i said the opening line is uh america got a thing for this gangster shit but uh-huh. i ain't got it so it kind of it kind of tells you what to expect and again we always talk about that that uh, uh, intro track or a beginning the beginning track of a, of an album it should let the the listener know what to expect for the rest of the album uh-huh. you know and, and i feel like any great album has that and to me 
this did that perfectly like you said a lot of pain in this joint uh i uh just talking about a lot of you know bullshit he's gone through and about how music essentially is the only thing that really holds him down and i thought that was a really strong message at least especially when i was you know like 17 18 being all you know uber emotional and shit whatever mm -hmm. but like i like, i remember like yeah dog, I feel you dog, you know so I, I i just felt like this is a very like interesting take on that and um i think it's relatable a lot of us you know we we you know we have friends and family that we love and everything but sometimes you know all you really got is you know music at least if you're a music uh -huh. listener you know exactly. what i mean so I, I really related to this song hugely and, and i thought it was really dope i i guess i will say it was a little bit long at the end uh -huh. but to be fair right i feel like what he was saying at the end kind of fit with the song it wasn't just kind of him talking but i, I i'll go with you on that it was a little <laughs> bit long on that Alright, I'm gonna go with mm, I'm gonna skip down to number four Voices mm. I really loved the sample in this song Very, extremely well used uh, Lyrically, he picked it up on this joint Because I felt like he was really good Lyrically on one and two But mm. number three, it was very Basic rapping compared yeah, to the yeah. other two joints for sure, So for sure. it was just like And considering that I would never heard him before Like I said, I was completely surprised and, and you know just excited because I didn't realize that he was so lyrically strong and then he just kind of like let it slide on this song and I was just like okay and then he picked it back up for voices uh, it's probably one of my favorite tracks on yes. this album it's just completely well crafted all the way around lyrically sound the flow on the Joan is crazy the beat the sample everything about this song I fucking love yeah uh honestly one of my favorite tracks on this joint too the beat is fucking crazy first of all the sample the i, I think it's a guitar a little twang to it mm -hmm. that joint is really fucking dope like you said the concept of the song everything about it and, and just him pretty much talking about like the more the better the music i think the last line of the first joint is the better the music the more the psychosis so pretty much saying the, the better his music gets the more fucked up he gets on the inside because of him having to dig through all the trauma that he went through uh -huh. so i i thought that that was a really really um just dope um that's a bar just, yeah <laughs> just 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 look at just 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 that concept on its own i think i thought was really dope and yeah lie uh the all the all the verses was dope the hook was dope to me and yeah i agree 100 probably uh let me see yeah probably at least one of my favorite tracks but we'll, we'll get to the it's the definitely in my set. top three Nah, for sure, for sure. Um, let me take a step back, though, and go to track number three, mm -hmm. which is uh, She's So High. Now, before the uh, before we started talking about uh, the album, I asked you if She's So High was a song that, you know, you weren't feeling. Because, you know, I've, I, I guess I kind of know you to a certain extent now, and I know that when niggas start singing and they're not really singers, you kind of... Yeah, it's not for me. I but. mean, I give them, I give them what they give me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I I can hear it in Charles's voice, and I even wrote it. Is that uh, what did what did I say? Um, Track three, but all that. God damn it! No, I wrote it. So, I don't remember what song I wrote on, but it's basically like this nigga can carry a tune, but like Drake, he can only carry it so far. He just doesn't try to carry it as far as Drake does. He stays within his limitations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not only like, that, not only that, <laughs> but he is a Ex uh, maybe you can use the word excessive here, but a user of the layering in his in his singing, whatever mm -hmm. he sings. Because if you if you hear him singing for the majority of the parts that he you know sings on this 
or honestly in his whole career really he always does the layering of the voices which i feel like anybody who can't really sing it's probably the best way to if you want to do the singing thing. exactly because it's going to give you just more range and it's just going to give you a more full sound if you can definitely make that full exactly. sound with your voice exactly exactly but um but yeah so she's so high um it's funny because i remember like i said i was like 17 18 when this one came out and i remember it's funny because at this point in time i had never really smoked uh weed before right mm-hmm. and i remember i bullshit you not dog, i had just started like i had met a girl and she kind of put me on to smoking weed <laughs> and and this song like i heard it like around the same time so even though this song is you know talking about like him meeting a girl at a rave and whatever the fuck but still like just the whole concept of like yeah dog, i'm fucking high mm-hmm. and, and you know like when you first get high it's like that whoa kind of like oh, like you shit, just lost is... in the sauce can't move yeah. can't speak mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is kind of how this song feels and for anybody who's ever been off of you know just wild and you know high and shit i feel like this song kind of has like a good like feel to it i really like the sample that they that he used on his joint Me too. um and, and, and you know like you said very simplistic uh lyrics to this joint but i feel like i feel like for what the song was it kind of fit it being a little simple because this song ultimately just talks about him meeting a girl and being high with her and yeah, you know whatever. Exactly. So and it's, it's just like song. it's it's this one and the other one where he was singing. I can't remember that's probably where I wrote the thing, but it's just like he doesn't do it all that much except for just like the chorus and like maybe the little hook in the in the middle right before the end. But also I think you're talking about the song Satellite? Yes, exactly. And both of them sound like they would have been r&b hits in the 2000s like the the way that the mm. beats sound it sounded like mm-hmm. that could have been like any number of r&b artists from the yeah. early 2000s could have sang on that jump you know what i'm saying like it just has that early 2000s r&b feel to it just Thanks. those two songs specifically the ones nah, that he happened sure. to be singing on so like <laughs> <laughs> nah i feel you i feel you but yeah i i, I really dug this song uh i think it's a it's a nice it's definitely different from anything else on the album i yeah. would say just just beat wise really and even concept wise and everything but i thought it was dope i thought it was a good switch of pace yeah, it's and then not, obviously, it's not a bad song at all like it's it's a very it, fun song but what again what i like about it is that after that you know he goes into the song that we just talked about mm-hmm. which is voices so kind of kind of like a nice balance you know exactly like you said. the ratchetness and righteousness you know how we do that facts, <laughs> facts. and i'm actually gonna slide down to number five for boy who cried wolf uh, the mm-hmm. beat on this song is dope, and I, of course, I started looking up the actual samples after mm-hmm. I got to this point, so That's... I didn't look up who did this joint. Um, but it was like it was it was it was just pinging around in my head, and I was like, I know this sample, but I can't. I'll I'll look it up in a little bit. Yo, he like I love that he claims he's not a thug while talking quite greasy across this entire song. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the whole thing. I'm not a thug, but fuck all this, fuck all y'all, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yo, this nigga's fucking hilarious. And then he had two fucking lines on this jump that just had me completely done. He said, slip my man a fitty to whoop his ass. Because he said the dude whooped his ass, and he said he went up to his man, and he slipped him $50 to go whoop this nigga's ass who had just whooped his ass. That shit made me laugh. And then he said right <laughs> after that, before the end of the song, talking about cheating, he said, in essence, it's fucked up what I did, but bitch, get over it. I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, honestly, right, I, I, I feel like, um, well, actually, I, I don't know if you were finished saying what you were going to say. No, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so I thought, again, I thought this was a really well-crafted song. Because the hook says, you know, you don't want to believe me. 
you know and, and initially you know what you said you know he paid the two the dude to beat up the dude that he uh that beat him up mm-hmm. and he kind of ends that verse by saying i i want y'all niggas but you know but and then the hook comes in it kind of i really like how he played on that where yeah the hook kind of answers what he's saying and then it even goes with the second verse where like you say he talks about cheating on his girl and he was like yo man i told you i'm done fucking with these bitches but you don't want to believe you know mm-hmm. i thought that really well crafted yes. I, I thought this one was dope like you said the beat was really dope the sample i i, I loved it man i, I thought this and, and you know what's funny right this is actually one of those songs that i would skip back in the day oh, i would yeah? never really listen to all the way through I, I don't know why i don't know why i just didn't really like it all that much but nigga now it's again i, I, I think it's really fucking dope get older hit you a little different that's all that is not dog and again maybe it's because you know, obviously you get gain more insight as you get older and you know you mature and shit mm-hmm. so you know you start to look for different things in music but um yeah i think that might be the case here because you know maybe because you know I, I feel like at that point i was kind of just looking for shit that talked about how i felt at the time yeah. you know and this is kind of just like a like just him rapping i mean it, it does have a uh it does have like a story to it it does have a design to it but it wasn't something that I was really fucking with back in the day, but now, yeah, this this joint is dope for sure. For sure. All right, go ahead, sir. All right, so let me see. Let's go to number, I believe it would be number seven, and that's Brighter Days. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we talked about this on a little bit before how it was, uh, who was it that was a sample? Uh, Diana uh, Ross. Uh, for a song is called Love Hangover. Love hanging over Diana Ross. Now I, I didn't know that. I, I mean I don't think I've ever heard that song, which you might look at me kind of funny for saying that. I mean it's an old song. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But um but yeah man, I, I thought again, this is one of my one of the songs that I really liked when I was young and I still do like it now. Uh, I thought the beat was really fucking dope. And one thing that's very interesting here is that um I remember so just quick sidetracks. Charles Hamilton was on the freshman on double XXL freshman list back in uh Oh nine, I want to say. Oh damn! And this was the list. This was the joint where I think Jake Cole was on that joint. Mm-hmm. Wale was on that joint. And I remember. Um, wasn't wasn't that was Wiz Khalifa in that joint too? I want dog. That they they always say that that was the best double XL list. No, that was a mean list. Like it really was. Was Mac on that joint it, too? Mac could have been on that joint. Kid Cudi. Hold on, you said oh nine? Yeah. Let me let me see. Hold on. XO list. He was yep oh nine. Oh shit. So we got oh, Asher Roth was part of that jump too. Yep, Wale was on there. Bob. Mm-hmm. Ori Guns. Uh, Mickey Fax. I think he's pretty dope. Ace Hood. Currency. Wow, there's a lot of good people on that one. Let me see. Uh, the year before the yeah nah duh, that was to me that was the best one. 2010 was J Cole, Wiz Khalifa, Nipsey. That's a good one too though. Oh hell yeah, Nipsey. Nipsey, Wiz, Big Sean, J. Cole, Freddie Gibbs. Oh, shit. Okay. And then you balance it out with OJ Juice, man. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a list, though, for real. Nah, but but yeah, so so my, my whole point in bringing that up is that, um, you know, he was on the list with Wale, and for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it was, but them niggas had some kind of beef. And huh. it's weird because... Um, this song came out and then Wale dropped a song to the same exact beat. It has to be the same exact beat. Wow. Uh, and, and I just found that really, really interesting throughout the years. It's funny because because I was a big Charles Stan, mm-hmm. I used to kind of fake hate hate on Wale, even <laughs> though he's from where we're from. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, I, I thought this track was really dope. I thought the beat was really dope. 
I know you probably hate the ending of this because he kind of just lets the beat play and he just kind of hums all over at the end for like a minute and a half. Yeah. But um, but nonetheless, I thought the genre was dope. I thought the message was dope. You know, pretty much he doesn't care what's going on. You know, shit's gonna get better at some point. And and, and I feel like he kind of dives into a lot of this shit here. Like, yo, like, chill out, whatever. I don't care. You know. So no, I agree. I thought the genre was dope. I uh, lyrically. This joint is on point, and I can't really complain too much about lyrically Charles Hamilton on this joint. Uh, did one question I did get from this because he mentioned something about Cameron and it sounded a little beefish. Did they have beef back in the day? No, but I think what it was is that so I don't know if you picked this up, but like Charles's whole thing is like wearing pink, and um, I did not know that. Yeah, so that that's kind of like been his whole thing for his whole career. Like he would always have some kind of a pink hat pink whole thing on whatever so but these niggas got beef over the color pink no it's not even that i i just feel like what it was <laughs> is that um uh people were were probably saying oh you know you're, you're jocking uh cam's whole shit about wearing the color pink and i think that's why he said okay. i don't give a fuck about cameron and if i should get fucked up i don't care so i i feel like that's kind of what he mentioned or why he mentioned that because he's pretty much said look dog i'm not even, i'm not even really paying attention to cam for me to jock the nigga. That's what that's what I got from okay, this. But okay. That again, this isn't verified. So I don't, I, that's just my perception of it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and slide on down to number ten for me. Live uh, live life to the fullest, featuring Young Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this beat is so vicious, and it's actually sampled from the Jacksons from a song called mm. uh, I think it's called Palace Hotel. Actually, hold on one second uh, before we even go yep. into that. I wanted to play that Diana Ross song for you, just so you can oh, get yeah, like, yeah. a small hint of what it sounded like. You know, it's funny. Huh. So he didn't use that for this song. He used it for the song before that, which is uh, <laughs> I think it's featuring the same dude. Um, Let me live, because he says. Uh, I don't want to get sober. Oh wow! This is that okay. type of feeling that I play real quick. Play, um, let me live, and then go to the hook. Hold on, I'll play right here. Oh. That, that's that's what she was saying. I think. Play, play what you were just playing. Like, go back like five seconds. Hold on. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I know for a fact it's it. Okay, I got you. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I wrote so it on I, the wrong one then. <laughs> either way, good. either way, either way. But yeah, um, all right, we're going to go ahead and skip down to number 10, Live Life to the Fullest featuring Young Nate. I really love this song because the beat is just incredibly vicious. It's very fast-paced, just high-energy joint. It's sampled from uh, Palace Hotel by the Jacksons. Uh, mm. Charles's flow is actually quite crazy on this to the point where He's like rapping so fast, it almost sounds like he's out of breath and can barely finish what he's saying before he can take a breath because he's mm-hmm. rapping so much so fast, which is yeah. just, it's it's impressive. It's very, very impressive. Simple chorus, straight to the point, love it. Uh, young Nate, I was not expecting anything from Young Nate because, again, I was not expecting anything from Charles. But surprise, surprise, good lyrically, vicious deliver. Uh, uh, Vicious delivery, excuse me. Uh, is he affiliated with Jim Jones or was he just shouting balling for the hell of it? Nah, I think he, he just shouted balling because he was saying because uh, he's Charles from, is actually he's from Charles, Harlem, right? He's from Harlem. Charles Charles is from Harlem, okay. and, and I think Young Nate is his man. So okay, gotcha. It, it's, it's, it, this is a homie track, if you will. Gotcha, gotcha. But these two combined together to make probably my favorite song on the album, like my literal hmm. number one favorite song on this album. 
Okay. Yeah, no, I, I like this joint too. Uh, personally, it's not my favorite joint, but again, it's funny because this is again one of them songs that I didn't used to listen to back in the day. <laughs> but listening to it again, appreciating the beat of it because the beat is really fucking dope. Probably yeah. one of the better beats on the album. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, and, and and I agree. I, I think Charles uh, Charles is rapping. I think that was the second verse that you mentioned mm-hmm. when he was doing the like the really fast rapping and shit. Yeah. So that that job was really dope. I thought yeah. I thought I thought the zone was dope. Um, I thought it's another good just showing the pure good rapping, and you know, like you said, a simple simple hook that just gets straight to the point. Exactly. So I'm trying that. Right. Let's go on to the next song, which is uh, "Come Back to You." Okay. And. Do you, do you know the sample for this one? Because I've, I've actually been kind of curious. Let me see. Come back to you. I'm uh, sure that's probably what it's called. Voyage to Atlantis by the Isley Brothers. Oh, it's Isley Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I, I mean, I knew never... it, it sounded Isley just because of the way that the that the that the sample uh, is used, like because the way the sample sounds. Because the Isley Brothers have a very distinctive sound. So like, is I, it the I part where he's like, ah? Come back to you. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Because yep. I believe dumb. that's the chorus of that song. Uh, Makes sense. Let me, let me play it. Hold on. Voyage to Atlantis. Damn, that was the first one that popped up. I didn't even look it up before. Damn. Them niggas is listening, dog. I'm telling you, the computer's scary. Oh, My bad. I just hit that. But yeah. I don't have to edit all that yeah. out anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I I thought that this was obviously you know come back to this is gonna be a, a love song to talking him talking to a girl, mm-hmm. uh, him saying you know he fucked up and this and the third and you know your typical I want you back and I'm always gonna come back to you no matter what's going on you're always gonna be my girl type shit. So I you know I I thought that the, you know it was a good change of pace right here from him just kind of lyrically rapping to him kind of getting into his emotional bag a little bit and i thought i thought it was dope i thought the sample I mean, we just heard the sample the actual song i mm-hmm. thought that drone was dope and um I, I don't know i just like how he incorporated he incorporates his samples into his songs a lot mm-hmm. you know what i mean definitely so, i mean that's a good I, way to do it so well well because some people like well, what i mean by that is that like like whatever the song like the, like sometimes though there's a sample playing and it got nothing to do with what niggas is rapping about like what the sample is saying physically saying uh-huh. got nothing to do with what niggas rap about so i thought that, that was really dope here um and yeah i just thought it was a really a really good like you know love song want you back kind of song and i, I fuck with that it's not a bad song i'm not a huge huge fan of of the sample here of how it was used but it's not that i don't like it but it's essentially just a very angry love song after a while. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like this nigga is flipping the fuck out like, bitch, I love you. Why don't you love me? Like, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> that type of shit. Thanks. But other than that, like, it's it's an all right song. It's it's probably a song that I could definitely see myself skipping over more often okay. than not. But like, you know, everybody, you know, of course, differences. Everybody has their little differences. But yeah, Thanks. for me, this just did not hit like that. Now, of okay. course, you go back to the actual song, the Izzy Brothers joint. I'd be like, oh. Like I have some whiskey in my hand. Come back oh, to yeah. you, nigga. This sounds like some <laughs> shit you definitely drink whiskey too. For oh sure. hell yeah, nigga. Shit. Tell you one of my one of my favorite things to do in old age, and I hate to say that shit, is this <laughs> fucking when I'm sitting around getting 
uh, messed up with my friends, especially the ones that listen to R&B music, we will just put mm-hmm. everything on, and it will just be of it's, it's a mess. We out here just whoo lord. Hey, <laughs> I don't know when that's gonna happen to me, but I, I hope it don't happen soon. I'm just <laughs> hey, that's a real special thing, especially if you grew. Up, you didn't grow up essentially on R&B like I did, so Fair like enough, yeah. I grew up on this Isley Brothers, Diana Ross, all the way up to Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, Usher, all of that hey. shit. So. I will say this because I was, you know, grew up in a Latino household. Mm-hmm. All the songs that my parents used to listen to, which is, you know, merengue, bachata, that kind of shit, mm-hmm. I'm fucking with now too. As I'm getting older, yeah, like course. I didn't used to fuck with when I was young. I was like, man, put on some rap, dog. Put on it. It was now the same. Like, it's the same thing with me, though. Now it's like, yo, that is different. Dog. That's that. Like, that's that them music? hits. That's them hits that you listen to. You're like, oh, I didn't realize how hard that joint was. To yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I be thinking. Like, yo, I did not realize how hard this joint is for sure. Oh, then I got some songs to send you. Please do. I got Please homework. Do. You, you got homework for me. <laughs> oh yeah, facts, facts. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead. Um, let's go up to. I'm going to go ahead and go down to number 14. I'll be around the outro. Mm. So technically the last song in the joint, but it's not really because it's a bonus. This samples I'll Be Around by The Spinners, and I mm-hmm. will play that for you real fast. But uh, that's a really, really fucking vicious song. A great just old song to go by. Uh, the chorus is literally just the sample, uh, like the samples, uh, the singer sampled from the song, but just at mm-hmm. a higher pitch. And mm-hmm. again, that's some shit we were talking about earlier that we fuck with when the song, <coughs> excuse me, when the song actually matches up like with the sample, like with the words in the sample and yeah. shit. Again, as uh, lyrically, I think that the beat kind of lacks in the the hitting hard to end the joint. Because I know you don't have to mm-hmm. always hit hard to end the joint, but this is kind of a more upbeat joint. So I really would have yep. wanted the beat to hit kind of harder. But the lyrical ability of Charles makes up for that. And I mean, like, We've said that a few times about a few rappers, but I feel like that's a difficult thing that not all rappers can pull off. And if, since I don't really, since I went into this knowing nothing about Charles at all, it was good to see that he can actually do that. Like he's he's yeah. a very mm-hmm. he has a huge range of lyrical flow and lyrical ability, which is awesome. I don't know why yeah. he's not bigger than he is right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I mean, honestly, probably, unfortunately, drug abuse and uh, just mental bullshit. But but we'll get into that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, this is a very long track at six minutes. And yeah. there's at least almost three minutes of letting the beat ride with really nothing else at the end of the song. And I'm just like, bruh, bruh, bruh. And of course, I'm listening to all these Jones thinking that he's going to start spitting again. You know what I'm saying? Like every single one of these, I'm thinking he's just going to start spitting out of nowhere or something's going to happen at the end. Nope, nope, nope. Just, just, that's it. That's it. But again, it's a very good song. That's the only negative thing I have to say about it is that the shit goes on for like three minutes at the end with nothing else. Again, I get it, but nigga, we don't need it on every fucking track. (laughs) So this is probably as... As I got older, this is probably my favorite song on this joint. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, Charles kind of just dived deep into his personal life yeah. into, you know, talking about, you know, never really being there, kind of just being doing his own thing um, and, and hoping that his family and friends can understand that he was doing this, pursuing what he wanted to do. Uh, and, 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 you know, obviously him kind of saying like, Hey, you know, I know I haven't been there for y'all, but 
I'm gonna be there for y'all if y'all ever need me. So mm-hmm. I, I thought this is a really deep personal song. You know, he talks about a lot of people. I think he talks about his grandfather, yeah. his, his, you know, you know, folks and every friends, everything like that. Great message and, uh, on this for real. Yeah, great, really great message. Um, honestly, again, I I actually really like the extended, uh, you know, two three minutes mm-hmm. at the end because kind of like i said uh, charles hamilton is an extremely talented musician as a whole like he could probably play damn near every instrument like i've seen him like he would, he would get on like his uh i don't know what it was i don't know if it was instagram or twitter but he would he would start just playing random instruments and he's a fucking beast particularly the piano um and, and what i like about this joint at the end is that you kind of hear the uh like the joint kind of winding down and then he starts playing the piano over it kind of freestyling with the piano over mm-hmm. the beat type shit yeah and i thought that that was really dope i actually don't mind now i know that he's done this a lot but i actually don't mind the extra extra long joint on this one just because while there is still a bonus track this is still the ending of the album at least i you know ideally yeah. so i i didn't mind it i thought it was i thought it was a good way to kind of wind down the album and like you said i think it's a really good song really good concept really good message all around good song facts all right well is there any other ones that you wanted to talk about on the on the plus side or do you want to flip over to the minus side uh let me talk about one more on the plus side which is the bonus track writing in the sky okay now i know you probably didn't like this because you kept repeating the right boy man and the fact that like the the problem with it not only was it used too much it was too loud it could have been like it again been. on at parts of this i had to listen to it multiple multiple times to hear what charles was saying so like it just that was the most annoying part for me like not only was it just overly used but it was just too loud but other than that i thought that the song was really vicious the lyricism and the flow on this joint was good but like you know once you get past the sample but other than that like you know whatever yeah i, I really like this joint because it's, it's a motivational song you mm-hmm. know writing your name in the sky and just going getting as high not high like 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 you know high but like getting going as far as, as vertically you can go, yeah <laughs> ascending as far as you can ascend <laughs> and and you know when i first heard this joint i was a young wide-eyed little nigga you know what i mean and, and, and this joint really hit uh when i was that age and honestly it still hits for me now you know what i mean I, I, I like to think that i like to hope that that feeling never really dies in me yeah but um but yeah this is this is a really dope song to me i i do agree with you that the sample was a little overused but all in all, I really like the message on this joint. I like his rapping on it, and I, I thought it was a good, good song. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead onto the negative side, mm-hmm. and the first one that I'm going to talk about is the cookout number eight. Now, this one uses the sample from Mothership Connection by Parliament Funkadelic, which is George Clinton and them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that the chorus is dope. It goes great with the song. Charles's flow is good. But I get distracted so easily, I have to come back to it a bunch of times because the lyrics are a little bit lackluster to me and like the beat just kind of overpowers it in in parts. So it's just like I get into hearing the beat, but I'm not hearing the words because I'm not like when a couple after a couple of times listening to them. Like, it's like I hear part of it and then I just get distracted by the beat. It's like very I I almost want to say like it's kind of a dull song where like it just does not keep my attention so like if someone starts talking to me i'm gonna lose the song if i start thinking about something randomly i'll lose the song like i'll just hear the beat but i'll lose the actual lyrics so like if if you're just taken away from it so easily for me like as like an attention thing 
I I'm I I you know I can't really deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, like when I actually sat down and forced myself to like you know of course go through and listen to it all the way right. a couple mm-hmm. of times. Like I said, the flow is good and everything, but it's just it's so just it's it's an easily distractible song. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, honestly, you know it's funny. This is another song that I would skip when I would when I was you know first found out about this joint. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I'm gonna still skip this joint because <laughs> I just look. I, I think it's a decent song, but I feel like it's kind of like a filler filler material to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, I like this is one of them songs that like I would be able to confuse this one and the song Latte. Yes. Which is a song, another song that I I just felt like it wasn't really a whole lot behind it. It wasn't really special. Um, and but, shit but, in know. the song had to do with a latte, except for at the very beginning where he drank uh, coffee because he was hungover. That was it. There was no well, other... nah, the the hook the hook references latte. The enough. hook references latte at the end of the hook, and it doesn't have any other reference that's anywhere along the lines of we're coming towards latte coffee anything like that. It's just it's it's to me it's like he just picked a word out of what he came up with to name the song. Like he wrote the song and then just is like, all right, let's just call it latte because I'm not really sure what to call it. <laughs> like. My nigga, he definitely mentions latte at at the beginning of the of the hook. Every single all three. Does hooks. he? Does yeah. he? I have to listen, go back and nigga. listen. I have to go back I, and listen. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Because it was just kind of weird to me. I was like, this nigga doesn't even he doesn't even say the word latte until the end of the chorus. But like, but there's no other. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Look, that, <laughs> and, and I'm gonna be honest. For me, it wasn't even that. I I, I just think it was it, nothing really stood stood out for me. The rapping wasn't all that. I mean, it was all right, but um, I I just prefer other songs. It's kind of mm-hmm. a boring song in a sense, you know. That, yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to get to. Not only with Latte, but also with the song that you mentioned, the cookout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a little boring, a little dull, like you said. And there's nothing really too crazy exciting about it. So yeah, so these are still songs that honestly, if it hadn't have been for us reviewing them, I probably would have skipped them. So yeah, and let me see, number six, uh, "Let Me Live." Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of this beat, nor of the song overall. It oh, just let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because mm-hmm. we just talked about the Diana Ross joint, uh-huh. and this is the one with the Diana Ross. Oh my on. bad. So okay, then I I don't know what the fuck was going on with me when I wrote this. Then <laughs> that's you said the joint with Baghdad, right? Yeah. But yeah, I do that, remember that, Baghdad and Charles were both very basic lyrically on this joint. Wasn't too strong of a performance in my mind, but okay. Uh, I'm gonna disagree on that one, especially I mean, Charles, because <laughs> I, I mean I think his well maybe maybe Baghdad's was a little a little whack, right? But I think Charles versus Dishes actually. But we'll talk. We'll, 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 we'll talk. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Any others for you, sir? Um, let me see. Well, we we said initially before that we didn't really like the song "Shining" uh-huh. just because of how much the sample is used. And I do agree with you that, yes. that I actually like the song, but I do agree that the song "Shining" does it just uses that sample way too much. Yeah, and, and, and again, that, that's a common problem in some of these songs. Example, sure. and the saddest part is that it's a good sample. Like it's good what they use. They just use it too much. Like. I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, because that song "Golden uh, Golden Time of the Day" by Frankie Beverly and Mays, again another classic band uh, group. Like it's just it it just it hurt it so much. Like it would be such a better song if it just was not overused. And yeah. again another extended ending on that joint where he's just talking random shit. Hey, this, this <laughs> part, this part, hey man, 
You knew what it was. What was it? What's the joint said? You knew what it was when you. <laughs> you knew what this was when you signed up, nigga. When you signed. <laughs> nah, this is there's like a fucking meme that is like, you know what it was when you came in or something like something like that, <laughs> nigga. You know what it was, dog. Three <laughs> minutes, three minutes of better of extended instrumental play. I fucking love. It. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love it. Just press fucking next, nigga. God damn it. Stop complaining. It's not that hard. Oh, th- two more minutes of it, of this shit that I don't really care for hearing. Next. <laughs> well, nigga, uh-huh. I didn't know it. It's my first time listening to it. I wasn't I didn't know it was gonna have two extra minutes nah, that, of shit. Okay, no. Nah, I'll take that back. You're right. You're right. I'll take that back. Alright, well, I know what your overall thoughts are going to be, but the overall thoughts on my end on this joint for this album, I did not think it was a very a bad album at all. I was like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised. Charles is a way better rapper than I ever gave him credit for. And I love the use of all these classic songs in the samples, no matter if they were overdone or not cuz like I said, Shining, I like the sample, just overdone. Like yeah, I hear you know what I'm saying? So the only like I said, the only bad things I really have to say about it is that like we said, there's a couple of songs on here who just don't really need to be on there. They're filler songs. There's maybe three mm-hmm. of them in, in my opinion. Yeah, and then like there's the accumulated like eighteen minutes of extra music <laughs> across the album. <laughs> Listen though, I'm not gonna let you make that a negative of the album because now that you know you could just press next. It will not affect your music listening experience one bit if you just press next. I'm mad that I have to press next, nigga. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Especially if I like the song, I ain't trying to press next, nigga. Shit. All right, uh, dog. What else? <laughs> That's actually it. That's actually it. Like I said, presently surprised. All right. The bullshit out the way. Wow. Here comes the reality of Cold bloody. <laughs> Fucking nigga. All right, now, 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 y'all know I'm biased when it comes to this, and I'll admit that before I even say anything on this joint. This is a very uh, close-to-home album for me. I, again, spent a good amount of my late teens listening to this, and if, if y'all know, that's when y'all most impressionable. It's kind of like around that age, you mm. know what I mean? And, and definitely th- this album was a, a constant rotation for me. I've always loved this album for any Charles Hamilton fan out there that knows this is like the, this is like the blueprint of Charles Hamilton, or this is like his, when, when people mention Charles Hamilton, this is the project that they go to just because it's his most cohesive joint. Like he kind of, after, after like the years and just drug abuse and things like that, his music became really kind of like unfocused. So it was kind of like it was just kind of a little weird to a certain mm, extent, right? Okay. But but um but yeah, people always refer to this album and say, "Yo, that joint was tight." Like, what happened to him? You know, like that was that was a really good start right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, whatever happened happened, and you know, it is what it is now. But that's just the tale of I, rappers, though. That happens to so I, many rappers, Doug. Yeah. Have like a no, good really, one or two projects, and then just gone. Just don't even know what the yeah. fuck happened. Shit, Lauren Hill. <laughs> Lauren Hill had you, one you know solo project that was. The one of the highly most regarded Jones in R and B hip hop history never released another album after that. Was it because of like inner problems that she was having, or she just? I think it was yeah, just like her inner problems. She wanted to be. Uh, she was raising. She was raising oh, a yeah. family. Sorry. She was ducking the IRS. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no shade to Lauren yeah. Hill. We love you. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I actually forgot this. You know. I actually forgot to say it's gonna it's gonna be kind of sad me saying it's free Charles Hamilton because he's actually in jail right now. What? What is he in jail yeah, for? I, I I don't I don't really know for what, but somebody like somebody who's running his Twitter page was like, "Hey guys, just want to let you know that Charles is, is in jail right now." 
and da, 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 da. so i forgot to mention that but yes free charles hamilton wow. y'all already know what it is i hope i hope he gets the help that he needs because he, he's definitely so and i don't really want to feel it well actually i won't even talk about it because it's, it's irrelevant to the to the album review itself but um like i said i really like this album review i uh, album review album uh, i thought it was a really good uh way to for him to you know launch out his career and unfortunately it didn't work out how i would have and he would have wanted to but Overall, really dope album for me. Ah, okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. This is Charles Hamilton accused of attempting to rob a rapper who wanted to collab. Really? Mm, that's what an article says. Let me see. It says <clears throat> Hamilton attempted to rob your inspiring aspiring musician and his fiance after living after inviting them to his home in order to collaborate on music. In a series of tweets, um, he mentions that uh, somebody somebody, Lil Jaron uh, mentions that his malicious plan failed due to his presence and his fiance carrying a firearm. Hamilton even had several goons on site outside of his home circling their vehicle. Mm. So I don't I don't know what's going on. It's, oh, see, it, it says uh, what do you call it? They called him extremely psychotic. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Christ. and and again that that's been the, the main issue with Charles throughout and it's funny because like like i really really like love his music and I, and I always really wanted to support him but it's like dog this thing keeps wilding out like he uh he got arrested like in 2010 for smacking a cop in the face uh <laughs> and then and then the year after that he was facing he 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 escaped jail but he was facing psych ward time you know what i mean it, it's just been a lot of different shit that's really derailed his career and, and it really is sad because after that I don't know if you if you heard about it, but he came back with a song with Rita Ora, and it was uh, it was called New York Raining, and, and it was supposed to be like his his comeback, and he had like a, a label behind him, and he actually did have a label behind him, but honestly, dog, I feel like when you've kind of had the career he's had, it's kind of hard to get back on that, especially when you haven't been putting out consistent music. Yeah, that's very true, very true. It's I mean, after, it's always hard for any musician, no matter how long it takes them to you know jump back into the game or whatever it's it's going to take them a while to like get back to the point where they were if they can ever actually get back to that no that's a fact that's a fact man well i forgot where we were in this whole thing. uh giving it giving it a grade oh yes so what is your score sir uh yeah so like i said y'all already know what i said about this album <laughs> to me this album is a solid solid nine out of ten for me it's not a perfect album because like i said there's a couple skippable songs on here okay. a couple things that could have changed a little bit but to me it's a very solid very good album uh even nostalgia aside i, I still i still think I, I like what i'm hearing and i probably am gonna hear uh, some of these songs later on so yeah nine out of ten all right well i definitely gave it a couple notches lower i gave it a solid seven out of ten okay. um and i've stated my reasons before a couple of throwaway track or three throwaway tracks in my opinion and not every song needed to have excess music behind it but hey to each their own but solid seven out of ten for me especially off the first experience of of listening to charles hamilton so i i could definitely i'll definitely give some of his other music a chance like suggest something to me that's good you know it was really tight i just want to throw this out there that after the fact so he it's funny because he had a he had he had a friend that had the same exact name as me, Chris Rivera, huh. right? And he made a song about him for some reason. And, and nigga, that was my fucking song. That was my <laughs> fucking song. My favorite rapper. I forgot about that until right now. But he made a song 
that's called my fucking name. And you know what's funny? Hmm. I would have random people of his fans adding me either on Instagram or Twitter and be like, yo, are you uh, Charles Hamilton's Chris Rivera? Wow. <laughs> I, I bullshit you not, dog. And, and I was like, what? And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, shit. He, like, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> hold on. Let, let me see if I can find it real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There you go. Oh shit, nigga! When I tell you that that was probably like one of my biggest moments. Just nigga, I'm fucking 17, 18, and my favorite rapper put out a song that's my fucking name. Yeah, fucking right. I hey, was, I was, I was there. If you ever need entrance music for anything, that's what you need to play. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what's funny? I had never even thought about that, but when you just said it, it made the most sense in the world. Because, yes, if I ever need to walk out to anything, mm -hmm. it'll be that part right there, even though he says, you know, a curse word on it. But fuck it. Harlem Little Bob from my little hey, fucking guy. With audio programs now, you can edit that out. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so, there's a, nigga, a clean version somewhere on Spotify. Nigga, if for some reason I could put out... Uh, I'm about to graduate soon, so if somehow I could walk out to the, some kind of music, <laughs> no, man. And when they announce my name, Christian Rivera, Chris Rivera. What you need to just do is have your people, have your brother in the in the jump with a big ass boombox, and just play it as you come Chris across Rivera. that. Because <laughs> you know the school ain't gonna play it. You might get in trouble, <laughs> but it's gonna be worth it. <laughs> you might get kicked out, but I'll meet him after this fucking Nigga, ceremony. I graduated. I'm already out. <laughs> right. Facts. <laughs> What y'all gonna do? Send me home? I'm, I'm saying going home, nigga. Shit. Shit send, you, they gonna send you the diploma in the mail anyway? <laughs> hey, hey, no, that's a fact. That's a fact. Hey, that, hey, no bullshit, dog. That shit is such. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I thought you got your fucking shit right then and there. Oh, no. Like high school jumps, you get it in the mail. College jumps, you get it in the mail. Nah, for me, for my high school joint, so they gave us the little joint, but it was empty. But after the fact, it, and it was a big mess, I'm not gonna lie. But we would go to like some desk and then we would, I don't know, show them our school ID and then they would give us. us. I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's been a long time. It's been, nigga, it's been 20 years since I was in high school. Nigga, so. nigga <laughs> 10 years for me and it's fucking blowing my mind. Uh, but yeah, like that's how it was. Like you would fucking, because uh, I guess they didn't want people like obviously losing it. Yeah. But um, they would give you just the fucking little envelope thing or whatever. Or, there was like a rolled whatever. up little piece of paper with the little red and orange uh ribbon around it it was literally just like a piece of paper that they rolled up put a little colored ribbon on handed to you when you walked across the stage so it looked like you was getting a diploma and then they get either i guess for well, they either gave them out after the ceremony like mm -hmm. maybe out in like the the open area or whatever yep. or they gave mm -hmm. them to you because you don't have to go to school after graduation anymore no or maybe you had to, maybe you had to go option. up to school to pick it up i don't really remember like i said it was 20 years ago they should yeah facts 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 so, but I remember in college, they definitely sent that bitch to me in the mail. I'm hip, dog. Like for my joint, it it tells me like because I, I just applied for graduation from my school and and they were like, just so you know, you're not gonna get your diploma on graduation day. As a matter of fact, you might not get it for a couple months after your graduation day. Because them bitches gotta get printed up in mass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that's a fact, man. All right, well, before we get up out of here, because this ends the, this technically been ended, <laughs> yeah. the review of Charles Hamilton with the pink lava lamp mixtape. Is it a mixtape or yes. is it an album? 
Uh, so really weird thing about that. So apparently this was supposed to be his debut album, uh-huh. but the um, the label didn't want to release it for whatever reason. And I think the reason is because to clear all these samples must have cost. Oh, a lot I'm of telling money. you, because he had big money samples on this bitch, like on every fucking track. Damn near on every track, big money samples. So I, I I mean he never came out and said why, but that's what I would assume why yeah. the record label wouldn't want to put this out. But regardless, um, what were we talking about? Here? Uh, we was gonna close the show. <laughs> well, let's get on with all I really remember. Let's talk about so, so y'all already know we like to offer some uh, some suggestions for the week ahead of for your listening or viewing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and start this off uh, by a album by a gentleman named Michael Sayer. Now, this is a little diff- little different from hip hop. You know, we a little mo- multi-versatile over here yeah. when it comes to music. Uh, a little bit of alternative music, but I really, really like his music. Um, I actually had just heard one song from him, and then I fucking, thanks to technology and streaming services, I found <laughs> all his albums, and I've been I've been listening to him a lot, so check out Bad Bones is what the album is called. Bad Bones, and again that's by Michael Sayer. Okay. Check out the song number two, Ring Around the Rosie, because that's on his fire. All right, bet. And for me, excuse me, this week we go to the '90s in R&B Ooh. with uh, Miss Tony Braxton and her debut album, Tony Braxton. That yeah. is a classic fucking album. She is a fucking. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. that's such a '90s thing to name your album after yourself. Oh yeah, nah, no, nah, please, yeah, that's definitely a '90s shit, especially for a singer. <laughs> shit, <laughs> nigga, I feel like every singer from that era, 100% has a. They all have at least one. Aaliyah's yeah. got one. Maya's got one. Faith Evans got one. Like, as far as I know, like Mary J. Blige may be the only one that does not have an album called Mary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I lied. She's got an album called Mary. Fuck my life. Does she? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it uh, came out in like the like the early to mid two thousands or some shit like that. So it still fit in the same era. Yep, much. basically, basically, because she's from that time frame. It just happened to be later. Uh, let me see. Yeah, just about everybody I can think. Yeah, Mariah Carey's first album was called Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, nineteen ninety nine, Mary. There the you go. The- <laughs> yeah. Sing. God damn, that has. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of glad that stopped. But mm-hmm. shit, even Janet Jackson, she had the Janet album after a whole racket Did album. She? The Janet album didn't come out until like the 90s, and she'd been out since like 83. <laughs> that is crazy as shit. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, dog, that's the thing. All the singers, they got an album that is definitely named after them. <laughs> We literally just went through like at least 10 artists, I want to say. No, boy. All of them. All of them. I mean, I could go just pull up a list, and I'm sure I could be like, yep, there's, yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. Because like I said, I thought I didn't, it's like, yeah, maybe Mary the only one. Nope, she just didn't come out with it early in her career. That's all it was. It's like Aaliyah. Aaliyah's third album was called Aaliyah. There you go. <laughs> it's like, what do I name my album? Let's just name it after me. I'm, I'm not trying nah, to, who cares, I ain't trying nah, to come up with a name for this motherfucker. That's a fact. <laughs> But yes, um, Tony Braxton, the album Tony Braxton, classic joints on here, like Another Sad Love Song, Breathe Again, Seven Whole Days, Love Should Have Brought You Home Last Night, How Many Ways. I mean, the whole album is just vicious. It's only 12 tracks long. Um, Real quick, you, is that song How Many Ways? Is that How Many Ways I Love You? Yep. Is that that joint? Uh, okay, yep. okay. How many ways I love you. Let me count the way. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what's funny? So 
just because we reviewed a Charles, uh, he actually sampled that song. I believe it. <laughs> All them damn samples, nigga. I mm-hmm. give it to him, though. The samples were vicious. Even the ones I didn't like, I I pretty much liked the sample. You know what I'm saying? So- nah, I feel you. And, and again, that's the that's why I fucking really fuck with Charles Hamilton for such a long time. Because even after his rapping... I would say ability kind of died down because of you know drug abuse and all that shit. Yeah, his production was always there, and he always picked like the most vicious samples to use. So for that reason, I'm always gonna fuck with him. So yeah, I definitely heard that sample there for sure. <laughs> My man, that's what's up. Well, excuse me, Jesus Christ, I did that out. <laughs> that's right, get the last one out before I start again. <laughs> No, that was a fake shit the whole time. Oh, I'm about to say it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Um, well, that brings the whole episode to an end this time. Thank you for yeah. sitting with us and checking out the album review for The Pink Lava Lamp by Charles Hamilton. And you know you can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on the Instagrams and the Twitters at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. Sir. And you can find us by going to uh, Facebook.com, searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. And we will pop right up the little black square with an H3. That's blue. You know, that's us. That's us, baby. You're you, 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 you going to see us. You're going to see us. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. <laughs> Yo, you got, when you say you know the vibes, you got to say vibes. Like, vibes. Like, you know you the vibes. Like a, uh, you know you the gotta, vibes. Like, <laughs> you got to add like a U in there somehow. The vibes. Shout out to New York. No bull. All, all day. Uh, but yes, uh, again, thank you all for listening. Uh, take care of each other, wash your hands, wash your ass, and be good. If you can't be good, at least be the best that you can. You can't do that, man. Make at least make your mama proud, goddamn. You goddamn right. All right, y'all. We out of here. Take care of each other. We love you. Peace. Peace.